0: The Guardian. Welcome to the Digested Read, a new series of Guardian podcasts presented by John Crace. John's Digested Read has become a much-loved weekly column for the Guardian. He takes a book and rewrites it in 500 words in his own wickedly satirical style. Today, John digests Gordon Burns's book Born Yesterday: The News as Novel, published by Faber and Faber. Burns' book takes the events of the summer of 2007. Floods, Foot and Mouth, the disappearance of Tony Blair and Madeleine McCann, the arrival of Gordon Brown, and terror attacks in Glasgow. And he turns them into a novel about the way news is made and how the media creates and manipulates the stories we see before us. Back in April when the book was published, The Observer's Robert McCrum reviewed Born Yesterday. Robert found the book less of a novel than a series of soap operas. Byrne is a gifted writer, Robert wrote. However, confined to the straitjacket of the publisher's deadline, he wrestles nobly with his heap of cuttings and video grabs. How often he must have wished he'd got his mind more than halfway round this idea before signing up for this kamikaze contract. Here is John Crace's digested read of Gordon Burns's Born Yesterday, The News as Novel.
1: James was the only one of the professional dog walkers whose story I knew because he had been chosen by Aggie and Kim to be a subject for the television programme How Clean Is Your House? We met in the park as Margaret Thatcher went for a walk with her bodyguards near the Peace Pagoda. She looks lost, not a bit like the Iron Lady of the Falklands War and I wonder how Tony Blair is coping... Today is July the 3rd, 2007, and it is six days since he stood down as Prime Minister. It is also six days since I started writing an experimental novel that reacted to the news, and I sense that we're both struggling already. He arbitrarily switched to the third person, only realising Kate Middleton lived in the same Chelsea Street as him when TV cameras started appearing near his home. This gave him the chance to think a little more about the nature of celebrity and the media, and to remember that Mick Jagger had just been refused planning permission for a swimming pool in his garden. Myra Bella, Blair's constituency house in Trimden, was obscured from public view. This felt important somehow, though he didn't know why, so he turned on the TV to watch reports of a failed bomb attack on a nightclub. What kind of people would commit such acts? And, for the sake of the narrative arc, he wondered what Mrs. T would have done. Madeline McCann had been abducted from the Ocean Club resort in Praia Duluth in early May. Twelve days later, there was a Fine Madeline website, and her parents, Kate and Jerry, had become TV personalities. People criticised their hunger for publicity. But could it be that they wanted strangers to feel their pain and experience their loss? Privacy is so last century. There again, they might just have been doing everything they could to find their daughter. But that doesn't sound nearly so deep. Gordon and Tony The publication of Alistair Campbell's diary had made some people aware of the homoerotic forces at play in Downing Street apparently. What kind of relationship would Gordon have with the media now that Clarence Mitchell had left the BBC to become the McCann's press spokesman? He knows it's a poor link, but it's tougher than he thought to make connections. On a July afternoon, John Smeaton becomes an overnight national hero by helping to foil a suicide bomb attack at Glasgow Airport. Gordon invites Smito to number 10 to help create a less austere image for the new Prime Minister. But the public do not warn to Gordon, as they did to Tony. Gordon has a funny eye, the result of a rugby injury. Madeline has a distinctive eye. Bizarrely, Robert Murat, a suspect in the abduction, also has an eye defect. He thinks that you couldn't make up that kind of connection in fiction, even if you wanted to. There are floods and pestilence, and the government has to bail out Northern Rock. Gordon looks like he's trapped in the headlights. Is this really what he made that deal with Tony at Granita all those years ago for? Susan Tully, the Enders actress, who was coincidentally at the same restaurant that night, probably wouldn't have thought so, though she's surprised to be dragged in for a guest appearance in this paragraph. He realises now that he is desperately short of material, so he grasps for intellectual clout by writing about writing about writing about the media. He takes down his own novel, Fuller Love, from the shelf, and his thoughts instantly turn back to the McCann's. Now that they are officially Argidos Gordon is trying to maintain his distance. Sedgefield is electing a new MP to replace Tony, so he goes to stay in the local pub. This doesn't really get him anywhere, so he drives north to look at Gordon's constituency home near Dunfermline. It is more exposed than Tony's, yet it is still empty, as he knew it would be since Gordon was in America. But it felt right. He had closure. Hadn't the whole book been about image and absence, particularly of ideas? The Digested Read Digested. Stillborn Yesterday.
0: For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.